I fully expect, though I'm humble enough to know that I can't accurately predict, that by the time we get to the fall, that we will have this under control enough that it certainly will not be the way it is now where people are shutting schools. So, uh, Dr. Fauci thinks schools will be open in the fall, and here's Governor Cuomo in New York. The question is, are you saving everyone you can save? And there the answer is yes, and I take some solace in that fact. Uh, our health care system is operating. When I, I don't believe we lost a single person because we couldn't provide care. Okay, so there people you go. We that, lost, that, we couldn't that nightmare of, uh, you know, people were going to be left to die, like was happening in Italy, hasn't happened in New York, which was the hardest hit area of uh, the whole country so far. Right. No drawn straws to see who gets the last ventilator. Speaking of New York, I have been, I, Joe, have been relying on a particular model that they uh, adjust every single day, and a lot of doctors that I know have been counting on. And uh, you can look at the United States. You can actually look at any country on Earth in the United States, and then you can drill down into the individual states. And, you know, this is this is a big day for that modeling uh, website that I like because they're saying today is the peak in New York. <clears throat> Roughly uh, yesterday was 791 deaths. They're saying today will decline, and it will decline from here. Today is the peak according to this website in New York. So if that's true, uh, that would be a very good thing, needless to say. Uh, Getting to the U.S. of A, um, in terms of deaths, they're saying it'll peak uh, on the 12th. That's interesting. what, Saturday? So this one that I'm looking to, different model, the H... Sunday. I-H-M-E, whatever that is. Health Metrics and Evaluation website from the University of Washington. They think the peak is going to be April 16th. Which is a few days later, and that's for deaths or for the U.S. Uh, yeah, for deaths. Yeah, the peak need for resources they're saying is the eleventh, which is Saturday. <clears throat> Although I don't you know, we'll just have to see. I mean, it's it's interesting, but I'm not sure what the peak deaths for the whole country means to wherever you are. It doesn't really mean a lot. You're either on the other side of the peak or on the on the your peak is yet to come. So well, right. It's uh, like nineteen seventy six, Jack, when disco fever swept America. It was much earlier in New York City than it was anywhere else. So yeah, uh, somebody else might be past the peak and throwing parties in the street to celebrate, whereas you know you're just getting started in I don't know Northern Idaho to pick an example. I was once on a ventilator <laughs> because of disco fever. <clears throat> By the way, Boris. Funny coincidence. Uh, Bojo, Boris Johnson, second night in the ICU. They say he's fine and in good spirits, but they would say that even if he was clinging to life. So, uh, who knows? At the same time, he's the prime minister. They're not going to, like, have him in a regular room and have him gasping for breath for an hour and a half before a bed opens up. They got him in early. So, so we have no idea what's going on, good or bad. So, have you heard this thing from the World Health Organization about coming into homes if they have to? Have you heard this? (laughs) How long is this clip, Sean? This I is, hope the World Health Organization is good at gunshot wounds. Yeah, yeah no kidding. This is, this is less than 30 seconds. This is fairly extraordinary. This is a member of the WHO. In most parts of the world, due to lockdown, most of the transmission that's actually happening in many countries now is happening in the household, at family level. In some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. 
now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. How are you going to do that? Global uh, organization? What are you talking about? Right. Are no you kidding. the same people who praise China in glowing terms for their transparency and skill and humanity? You friggin' lying pieces of international crap. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're going to have some lead in your belly if you try to come into my home, you well, right. bunch how, of liars. How would that be workable on any level whatsoever? Take them out of the home where? You're going to take me out of the home? Are you going to take my kids out of the home? Who's going to do that? And where are you taking them? And who's feeding them? And what are you talking about? Yeah, what if you're a single parent? Nope, you got to come. But my kids, uh, shut up. We'll keep you in a dignified and whatever the other adjective was, or, uh, you know, place. Or we think your son has it, so we're taking him out of the home. You, no, you're not. Knock, knock. Hi, Egyptian who's uh, kowtowing to China. Yo, come right on in. Please, the WHO. I'm glad the president said what he said. We we may yank the funding. We're keeping an eye on him. WHO. But couldn't, couldn't only some sort of globalist part of an international group of academics even say something like that? I mean, what what the hell does that mean? That has yeah. no practical meaning for anyone. Yeah, that's probably the most troubling part of it is not the specifics of it because that's never going to happen certainly in this country but somebody that untethered to reality is in charge of something at the who will start coming into homes and taking away the children and uh, shipping them off to to uh, pirate ships and uh, and pickpockets in london and other weird childhood enclaves what are you talking about <laughs> Why don't you why don't you go back to praising China and refusing to call it a, a an international health emergency cuz Xi Jinping is telling you not to WHO WHO is going to send out the guy from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that had the net uh, which I wanted my kids to see the other day but I can't get them to watch old-timey Disney movies the pace is just too slow It's the pace It's the pace My older son will tolerate it um, and kind of get into the story, but my younger just, it's just too slow for him. Right. And when I say, I loved this movie as a kid, it's fantastic. It's, you know, they, they, there's way too much setup in those old timey movies if you're trying to keep your kids entertained. Right. The, you gotta go whiz bang, whiz bang, whiz bang right from to the top. The flying car. We can't wait 25 minutes of like singing from Dick Van Dyke before we get to the flying blanking car. You know, I even tried to, Show my kids beloved 80s films when they were younger, like Back to the Future. Back to the Future is brutally slow by modern standards, which is not necessarily a compliment to modern standards. Right. It's, uh, you know, I probably should have phrased that opposite. Modern entertainment is so frantic compared to normal human standards. Hey, listen, speaking of Xi Jinping, I, w- I want to be sure to get this on. Do you remember on Monday when President Trump was asked a question from a woman with a thick Chinese accent about medical supplies Beijing had provided for the U.S. And uh, and and Trump got into a, a bit of an argument with her. And then the reporter interjected, asked Trump, are you cooperating with China? And Trump shot back, who are you working for, China? Blah, 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 back and forth. No, she works for Phoenix TV. Who owns that? China? Is that owned by China? Is that uh, owned by the state? It's a private company, the reporter said. No, it turns out it is a Hong Kong TV network with extremely close ties to the Chinese government. They're they're entirely controlled by the Chinese government. 
And so we have Chinese propagandists in the White House attempting to provoke the president. What other country on earth would allow that? Mm, throughout history. Nobody well, would ever in the history of the world would allow that to happen. I saw a question the other day, and I thought, is that a plant from China? The guy was, um, it was the last question of the press conference and was on Trump about uh, being concerned about the backlash against a, a Chinese Americans and what are you going to do to stop that and the the rumor that China blah 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 and I thought who, who who's asking this where are you from dude this sounds like it's coming straight out of Beijing and I thought why is the president answering this somebody needs to check where this guy came from well listen I uh, I realize I spout so much drivel that I probably ought to warn you in advance when I'm going to say something worth hearing this is one of those moments it's difficult to know whether he was part of the liberal mainstream media True. or a Chinese plant. Good point. Because they're saying the same things. Good point. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's amazing. We have actual Chinese propagandists in the White House uh, juking with the president. Throw her ass out, please. That's not the free press. That's a Chinese propaganda a- agent. Probably put her in Gitmo for a while just to, you know, make sure. <laughs> make sure what? I don't know. <laughs> tell I, you what the jihadis down there would love to see her she's a cutie a commie but a cutie i've got get to, the hell out of here that's right sir i gotta clear this up somebody texted and wanted to know why when they stopped by their grocery store the people working there aren't wearing masks or gloves or whatever and i said yeah i noticed that too at my grocery store it just seemed weird to me i'm wearing a mask a few other people are but why aren't you um, uh, and so we got this text in re- in response. The grocery store workers should be applauded and saluted for risking their safety, not objects of anger. I, I wasn't, a, wasn't a throwing any anger their direction. And I don't know if anybody else was. It's just kind of interesting that they don't have that policy to um, protect the shoppers. Right. Uh, yeah. so we got this text. Um, uh, one particular market is now requiring, uh, all shoppers to wear masks. To come into the grocery store, the workers have been wearing them for a couple of days. Okay. Varies then, obviously. It varies from store to store. And I didn't know that about this particular store where I shop. I have been wearing a mask, but if you show up without a mask, I guess you can't go in. Well, I don't want the employees nor the shoppers speaking on me moistly. Let's play this Speaking whole... moistly on them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada. Is a country. I'm using my finger quotes. It's a country. Um, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Speaking moistly on people. <laughs> oh, boy. Stay. It's, it's it, please. Close talkers, sprayers. This, this is the time to round them up and imprison them. <laughs> <laughs> Among the things we have to get to coming up, Tracy Morgan on the Today Show talking about what he's been up to during the quarantine. Stay tuned for that. Me and my wife been quarantining in for like three weeks, so she's pregnant three times. Every week she got pregnant. And we also, we're role-playing a lot now. 
She's playing a young maiden okay. whose grandfather was infected with coronavirus, and I'm the scientist who discovered the cure, and she'll do anything to save her grandfather's life. Okay. Not mean anything. Well, you are a creative one. I was just watching the show. This tiger in the Bronx Zoo got me scared. So I'm going to get all my pets tested. Yeah. I'm getting my sharks tested. I'm getting my moray eel tested. I just bought a 600-pound silverback gorilla. I'm going to take him down to New York Presbyterian and get him tested. <laughs> Tracy Morgan on the Today Show. And you can tell. I wish I'd have seen their faces. Because, it's exactly as you would think. Because I can tell that they're, like, really uncomfortable. Where is this going? How do we end this? <laughs> She's a, she's a maiden that has coronavirus, and I'm the scientist. <laughs> Put Tracy Morgan on live TV at your own oh, peril. Oh, oh God yeah. dang it, that's funny. That's funny. I just quarantined I've three pregnant weeks. Three times. <laughs> the, the episode with him on uh, Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars with Coffee thing is Seinfeld is just cracking up the entire episode. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it's a good one. He's well, such Jack, a strange person. <laughs> perhaps you're aware that the pink moon peaked last night. Oh, but it will the, still be visible. The pink super moon. My whole family, we were out when it came up, and we all sat out there and took pictures and talked. It was extraordinary. It was the best of these moons. Yeah, it was good. Of all the named moons of the last several years, last night's pink super moon was the number one moon. You could barely look at it. It was so bright. But, Jack, what was one thing it was not? See, I thought it was pink, but the kids were the kids disagreed. No, it was not the least bit pink. You're you're you are delusional. What color was it? It was moon colored. <laughs> Actually, some some astronomy experts say it may have a bit of a orange tint depending where you are. The pink moon is named by the Native American people for the pink flowers that are blooming at the same time this moon occurs. Oh, okay, so it's not even supposed to be pink. But I, right. I, I don't, I'm colorblind, so I'm the wrong person to ask, but it looked kind of pinkish to me. My kids said orange, so. It's also called the sprouting grass moon, the egg moon, and the fish moon mm. in other parts of the world. Egg Maybe moon. Jack thinks it looks like a fish, too, because he just imagines those things. <laughs> Um, it was a very bright moon, though, and my kids were thrilled. My son said, this makes up for the time you got me up in the middle of the night hey! to see the supermoon, and it was cloudy outside, and we didn't see anything. Mm. The founder... <laughs> Interesting to see that grudges can be held at such a young age. Yeah, exactly, and you keep them <laughs> in mind. That's good. Proud of you, son. Um, the Twitter founder, Jack Dorsey, is giving a billion dollars to fight Corona. A billion. Now, he's super crazy rich, so that's, uh, you know, he's got a lot of money, but that's still 28% of his wealth, so over that's a, stepping up. Over a quarter of his wealth. And it's not so much as he is donating that to charity. He seems to be starting his own kind of Bill Gates Foundation sort of thing with yeah. this. Well, you'd have to. If you give it to the government, you're, you're wasting it, so. Oh, yeah, um, it's going to go to bureaucrats and, and con- congressional staffers. So, yeah, good for you. That's fine, because, you know, I think Bill Gra- Gates is doing a lot of good, too. How about this? One third of Americans missed rent payments this month. A third. What? That's an astounding number. What? How do they know already? Uh, There must be some survey of rental properties or something. Data from something in the National Multifamily Housing Council, which may be good or terrible. I have no idea. Uh, But 69% did pay their April rent on time, which is good, but... You know, one thing I don't know is what percentage of Americans don't pay their rent before the due date every month. Wouldn't surprise me if it's, it starts at like 15%, maybe 20 
Yeah, right. You know, I'm reminded this went viral around the video, around the uh, internet. Uh, this uh, letter to tenants at this place in. Um, oh, Joe, I have to jump in with breaking news. This is actual interrupt Brandon, you breaking news. Brandon, wake up. We rarely. It's too bad because I was about to be. I was about to be really, really entertaining. Carol Baskin has been arrested for the murder of her. No, I, that's not true. You lie. You sack. Carol effing Baskin. That would have been a good one. You had one. me going. That would have been a good one. But this is a good one, too. Senator Bernie Sanders has ended his presidential campaign. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> He's out. Bernard He's Sanders. Bernard Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> He's officially out. And, you know, some people thought he'd fight to the end and cause problems and another debate, et cetera, et cetera. He is out. I'm using a lot of soap. It is, <laughs> it is Biden v. Trump. Bernard Sanders. Uh, you're a loser. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, wow. And, and Biden, Biden, Biden. How, does he still have it together? Every every appearance I've seen in the last month has been sad. That's been my dominant reaction to his appearances, sadness. Same. There's an old fellow who's who's fading. Is it going to be another situation where the only person that could have lost to Donald Trump with his with his unpopularity rating was Hillary Clinton and he's going to get right. reelected with the only person that could could lose to Donald Trump the second time around? Although Trump's, you know, poll numbers lately have been very healthy, but would be a you know a doddering old man who people think he ain't got it. Trump gets well, the, to play the youth card. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. that's incredible. The Democratic Party is going to put off the convention until October twenty seventh. Nominate Cuomo and just go hard for a week before anybody has a chance to dig up any skeletons on him. I don't know. Uh, boy, what do the odds makers say of Biden being the nominee at this point? The Armstrong and Getty Show. And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County, down by the Green River, where paradise lay. Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's coal train has hauled it away. Might be John Prine's best-known song over the last 40 years. I don't know, but uh, I realize most people uh, are not aware of him. But he died, and he's getting a fair amount of attention uh, for his passing. He died of corona. Um, And so I just throw this out as a huge John Prine fan. If you're wanting to get into him, get his album, Souvenirs, or you know, listen to it, stream it. Came out in 2000, because they tried to make a pop star out of him back in the 70s, so a lot of the recordings of his great songs are just not really that palatable the way they recorded them. A lot the of strings and chicks singing back up yeah, and stuff. Just yeah, just completely unnecessary. What was the name of the album? Souvenirs. Souvenirs. So he re-recorded all his greatest songs, just him and a guitar for the most part, in 2000, and that album is freaking fantastic. Um, and, you know, it's, it's difficult, because he never had any hits. So, you know... <laughs> How do you make an argument to anybody that he was a great musician? Well, you listen to people like Bruce Springsteen or Bob Dylan or, you know, any of the greats who uh, who rave about him, I guess. Well, uh, yeah, he's he's a brilliant poet and artist. Most music is entertainment and background noise. It's not art. As it's you just it's a different thing. It's it's almost the difference between house painting and painting the Mona Lisa. They're both painting. His writing about the pain of life is the best anybody has ever done. Uh, with a guitar handy, uh, just about 
marriages have gone south or what it's like to be old and lonely. I know it doesn't sound very cheery, but... Uh, yeah, it sounds not. great. This is exactly what I need right now. Although his last <laughs> album, which he wrote, knowing he's coming toward the end of his life anyway, was the most upbeat uh, album he ever put out. It's his attitude about being old and what he's got to look forward to. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to have me a cocktail. Vodka and ginger ale. I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. <laughs> that's a good plan to have. Um, so we do have some breaking news. Summarized, summarized this way. Too much news. Summarized this way, Michael. Bernard Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Bye-bye. Bernie Sanders has ended his campaign. Officially, he's out. So Biden's the nominee. Let's get it on. A youth movement in the Democratic Party. Yeah, good. Well, the guy who got out was 80, so, I mean, the average age of Democratic candidates did come down, Sean. <laughs> right? All right. So, it's uh, something, it's, it's amazing, and uh, is the, I know pundits will be getting into this all day long, is there any chance Biden's not the nominee? Short, some sort of obvious, you know, huge health problem, like he had an aneurysm when he was running in 88. But um, uh, listen, I'm sorry, you said he ran in '88 as well. It's 2020. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, wow. And he wasn't well, young then. And was that uh, what sort of aneurysm was that? Was that a cerebral aneurysm or uh, they, because they, that they, guest, they, he was in go the, ahead. Sorry. He, he was in the hospital uh, with his family gathered, and they read him as uh, the Catholic ah. priest read him his rights. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was in '88. Yeah. Yeah, um, just because that his speech problems are are similar to certain problems you can get if you've had other bleeding on the brain problems. So I here's my gut feeling is, and and it could be wrong, but based on every single one of his appearances over the last month, uh, I don't think he's well, and I do not think he gets the November as the nominee. Or, or if wow. he does, it, there's an enormous cover-up. It's like this buddy of mine uh, early in his political career. Uh, the incumbent was on uh, life support. He was he was a vegetable. He's brain dead for two weeks before the election, and the party kept it quiet. And he got reelected, and then they said, "Ah, oh, saints preserve us." The moment the election results were in, he went brain dead. So now that he's won, we need to replace him. Um, with somebody of the same party. I get why they did that on a practical level, but unless they go with a weekend at Bernie's style campaign for Joe Biden, in which he is made to seem cogent and together somehow, I don't know how you'd pull that off on a presidential campaign. I, I just, I have a really bad feeling about him getting to the finish line. That's that's a, that would be amazing. What about the Democrats using a lookalike, like somebody that looks just like Joe Biden? Uh, and I, I, I think that's unlikely. By the way, I said the, pri- <laughs> the priest reading him his rights. I realize it gives you the last rights. The priest you have the is, right to remain silent. As you're dying, the priest does not tell you you can get a lawyer or one will be assigned to you. <laughs> yes, the last rights, exactly. Exactly. Not the Miranda rights. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Get a different priest if that's what happens. And, and listen. I'll <laughs> Why is the priest wearing a badge and a gun? Uh, I swear this is with my neutral analyst hat on. I'm not trying to slander Biden, and I'm actually kind of fond of the guy because he reminds me of of some of my uncles and and some of my relatives because, you know, we're working people. And, uh, and from the East Coast a long time ago. And I just, he reminds me of people and I'm really fond of. I don't hate Joe Biden at all. I just think he's, he's fading fast, but. 
Having said that, I came across a number of tweets that I really enjoyed. I wanted to pass them along to you. Uh, James Hassan points out he's responding to an NBC News headline that the U.S. has reported uh, X number of deaths. Meanwhile, in China, not a single new death was reported. And Hassan points out NBC News has published at least five times as many stories amplifying Chinese propaganda than any other outlets. At some point, it's fair to ask why that is. I would agree. I I think it's probably... Knee-jerk anti-Trumpism, and and China and Trump are at odds right now, so they're siding with China, which is a that's, hell of a thing. That's not okay. I, I get the whole partisanship, and that's the age we're in, and you're going to look for any story that damages the, the other side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You don't get to side with communist China. That is not okay. Well, at least you ought to check yourself when you find yourself in that position. You ought to be at least somewhat uncomfortable to be echoing the words of, for you simpletons who only know one thing from from history, if you find yourself echoing Hitler, maybe you ought to take a quick look at yourself. Well, China's an incredibly evil regime. And Xi um, is in the same uh, a basket of kind of people, basket of deplorables, as Hitler. He's that kind of a guy. They have millions of slaves. They murder people left and right. They, they have don't concentration in, camps. They have concentration camps. They don't believe in human rights at all. They may have created this virus. Uh, their government may have created this virus that is traveling around the world and devastating our economy. He, you should not cut him any slack for crying out loud. Yeah, but he's against Trump. He says stuff critical, uh, critical of Trump. I love this from Matt Walsh. The mayor of Chicago got a haircut, even though everyone else in the city is banned from taking haircuts. She was questioned on it. She explained that it's okay for her because she, quote, takes hygiene seriously. So the average person, the average peon, doesn't take hygiene seriously, she assumes. We are being ruled by petty tyrants. Mm. <clears throat> That's the history of that sort of thing. I like that. Uh, Stephen Miller's in a bitter argument with Jim Acosta, who is also uh, siding with the Chinese repeatedly. And then uh, leading up to our, our main attraction here, uh, Leah Greenberg, whose act I'm not entirely familiar with. I think she's uh, she writes for um, uh, she's a, um, a lefty activist. She's an AOC fan and supporter and the rest of it. But she said the Supreme Court has started issuing decisions remotely in order to protect their own safety. One of their first remote decisions was that Wisconsin voters will have to show up to vote in person and risk their lives if they want their votes counted. Well, Tim Sandifer, our friend Tim the lawyer, responded, this is simply not true. And, and you will hear that whole, they, you have to show up and risk your life. What they ruled was that a federal judge cannot just unilaterally rewrite the state's election laws by fiat to allow voters to cast ballots after the election ends and also to censor news reports about the election results as they come out. So the two people describing the same decision in vastly, vastly different terms, which is why you really need to read multiple outlets these days, which is time consuming and a bit of a pain in the butt. Were there any results out of the Wisconsin primary last night? I haven't heard any. I mean, the, the big kahuna, nationally speaking, he's obviously Biden v. Bernie. Sure. Bernie's out. He was going to lose anyway. So, you know, I'm sure they have measures and school bonds and judges and, can and you water mil- board members and the rest of it. Can wrote, you huh? milk more than four cows before noon? That sort of thing. <laughs> exactly. It's Wisconsin. So thank you, Tim Sandifer, for clarifying that. Unbelievable. How many different kinds of cheddar can you have? Mild. <laughs> Medium. Sharp. Sharp. Oh, the sharp cheddar, or extra sharp. We got the mild yeah, cheddar. Mild. Enough. My kids like the mild. Well, they're children. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. They've got a child's taste. So do I. 
J.K. Rowling has announced a Harry Potter at home site with magical crafts and activities for everyone stuck inside, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's nice. I'm yeah. sure we'll be checking that out. Uh, wizardingworld.com. I don't know if you end up having to pay for something, or but it's got crafts, quizzes, puzzles, and articles for fans and longtime Potterheads alike. I'd never heard anybody who was into Harry Potter called a Potterhead, but that makes sense. Sure. Oh, speaking of offspring, not children per se, but offspring... Uh, my daughter Delaney, who is at home from college, uh, is uh, agreed to uh, appear on the show Friday morning, oh, probably cool. during the award-winning fourth hour, which only some people get. Awesome! Uh, but you can grab it on the podcast. So we will be discussing a number of topics uh, of my choosing and Jack's too, I suppose. So my kids and- only talked about Minecraft. Is she going to talk about that, or? She probably could, uh, but no, I'm more interested in talking to her about the experience of college uh, remotely, taking classes remotely and how that's working. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, because it could be the future of uh, education. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, right, exactly. I mean, this is born of necessity, and it's in the early clunky people aren't very good at it days, but I am interested in an early assessment as you know, we've said many times the idea that you have to show up to a particular place full of expensive buildings and pay forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to get information given to you that's already on the internet is ridiculous. Now, I am not anti-teacher, and I understand the value of uh, of teachers and what they do. And she actually has some fantastic teachers. Uh, I love the school she goes to. Well, um, and but there, there are some kinds of classes where obviously being there is a huge difference. But there are sure. plenty of classes where being there makes no difference, zero well, right. difference. Yeah, the fact that we're a hundred percent at the one end of the spectrum, I don't think is appropriate. I'm not saying go all the way to the other end. I'm not an extremist on this stuff, but. Again, the idea that that people are putting themselves into, you know, thirty to one hundred and thirty thousand dollars worth of debt just to get a BA—that's just stupid. Is BS. They should have taught you not to do that in college. <laughs> hey, listen. First thing you kids ought to know is this is a terrible idea. What we're doing here? Who's got loans? Yeah, you especially. Terrible idea. <laughs> now, now let's move on to the uh, early days of the French Revolution. Um. Right. Uh, so, uh, advice from the Prime Minister of Canada coming up. Uh, doc- <laughs> Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil are both out there weighing in on a variety of things. Got to appreciate. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> I, I hear the ducks there at your home. Oh, yeah. They're, they're out there on the pool. They're so beautiful. And, quack, quacks, quacks. And Bernie Sanders is going to give a speech any minute. And if he says anything interesting or especially, uh, uh, gargly, we'll have that for I'm you. I'm using a lot of soap. We'll have that on the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty show. If people want to wear a mask, that is okay. It protects others more than it protects you because it prevents you from breathing or, or, or speaking moistly on them. Oh, what a terrible image. Jeez. Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> not much of a sentence either. Encouraging us to not speak moistly on one another. <laughs> on one another. Done. <laughs> uh, you know, I try to avoid that in normal no times. No kidding. Corona or not. Joe, I enjoy uh, our conversations, but I always emerge moist. (laughs) 
Uh, here's just a couple of them. Department stores and mall fixtures like Macy's, JCPenney, Gap, and Kohl's have closed hundreds of stores, furloughed hundreds of thousands of workers. Here's one, for instance, the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs laid off 1,400 workers, indicative of a broader trend of hotels all across the country. So few people are showing up that they don't see the point in staying open. Um, A financial research firm predicted that AMC Entertainment, which is, is it your biggest, like, movie entertainment company, will run out of cash at some point this summer, potentially unable to ever reopen again. Uh, got a whole bunch of examples of that. The economy is in as bad a shape as it has ever been, ever. We actually received an email from some beloved listeners who were stranded in an idyllic vacation spot and confined to the resort, not allowed to leave. And they kept the staff around. They cooked them meals and entertained them awesome. and the rest of it. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> there's like a tenth of a percent of the, the world that's ended up in heaven temporarily. Mm. Uh, the good folks at the American Enterprise Institute have put pen to paper. I've always uh, thought I'd like to work at a think tank, not realizing that you have to stop thinking at some point and write something. Ah. Going so it's more a thinking and writing tank. It's mm. false advertising. But the uh, <laughs> AEI, E-I-E-I-O, um, have put out a roadmap, what they call a uh, roadmap to reopening from the national coronavirus response. And it's really good, really thought-provoking. It's quite long. Um, but the executive summary, uh, you know, I'll skip the executive summary and get to the uh, some of the key points. They're talking about to gradually move away uh, from our reliance on physical distancing, which is crushing the economy. We need to better... We need better data to identify areas of spread, rate of exposure and immunity, et cetera. Improvements in state and local health system capabilities. We're, we're heading toward that really quickly in terms of early outbreak identification, case containment, adequate medical supplies, and three, therapeutic, prophylactic, and preventive treatments and better informed medical interventions. So that's all the stuff that you're hearing Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks talk about all the time and the rest of it. They talk about phase one. That's where we're in trying to slow the spread um, with community transmissions. We all know what we're doing. There's no point in going over it. State by state reopening in phase two. Individual states can move to phase two when they are able to safely diagnose, treat, and isolate COVID-19 cases and their contacts. During this phase, schools and businesses can reopen and much of normal life can begin to resume in a phased approach. However, some physical distancing measures and limitations on gatherings will need to be in place to prevent transmission from accelerating again, and we've got to be extra careful with the old folks. Here's The challenge here is that given the rate of asymptomatic uh, carrying and transmission, uh, virtually everybody has to be tested. Right. Uh, more sanitization of surfaces. Um, in addition to case-based interve- interventions that more actively identify and isolate people with the disease and their context, the public will initially be asked to limit gatherings. People will initially be asked to wear fabric, non-medical face masks while in the community. Those who are sick got to stay home, seek testing, testing widespread, etc. Um, while we focus on state-by-state reopening of activities in a responsible manner and based on surveillance data, we note that states may move forward at a county or regional level if these conditions vary within the state. Of course, you stupid media people constantly demanding national standards, cut it out. Um, and coordination on reopening among states that share metropolitan regions will be necessary, too. Um, and, and it goes into some detail on that. Uh, but their point is 
let's start thinking about what sectors of the economy can open. One, I, I happen to be in the midst of a real estate transaction that's been completely stalled. I've seen several counties around America have said, you know, it occurs to us that you probably can show a house safely. The, the homeowners are out anyway. If As long as nobody's sick and you ask them not to touch stuff and the realtor disinfects afterward, the chance of transmission is practically zero. Speaking so let's, moistly on them. There's almost no moist speaking in real estate transactions. I've made enough of them to know. So we've, we need to look at more and more sectors of the economy and figure out, okay, let's be a little bit creative and, and figure out how we can get this going again. It's going to be a while for bars and restaurants. It just is. It's almost hard for me to imagine uh, regular life returning. I'm sure it will, but it's just it's really hard for me to picture right now. Like all the kids running into the school and going to a crowded restaurant, and it's just almost hard to picture now. It's weird. Yeah, well, well it'll happen, and of it'll happen it soon, I think. Uh, nobody knows what the next two months are going to be. I guess we'll all find out together unless we get the COVID and croak from it. I'm just being realistic over here. Too frank? Sorry. Bernie Sanders is out. He's finally ended his campaign. He should be proud of uh, his accomplishments. I mean, he's done. He'll never run again, obviously. He's a very old man. Um, but he pulled the party a great uh, and the country a great deal his direction. Well, I think he should be deeply ashamed for his accomplishments. Oh, no, I'm not happy about I'm that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just didn't know. But uh, as a politician, he he accomplished a lot without ever being the nominee. There's no doubt From about that. From his wild-eyed communist activist perspective, yes, he should be proud. Uh, and Carol Baskin announced she won't be in the Tiger King reunion show. What's she hiding? <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> Armstrong.